Hello everyone, welcome, welcome to the chat show where we talk about employment, empathy and innovation. Employment is the focus area and uh, two forces, empathy and innovation, how these two forces are truly uh, promoting employment for everyone, inclusive of people uh, on the spectrum and people with other visible and invisible disabilities. Um, today, my guest is uh, Abigail Erickson uh, Torres. She's the CEO of Brian's House, an impact agency developing progressive and accessible pathways to include um, to inclusion to better serve more at-risk children with special needs in uh, eight um, counties in North uh, uh, Texas. For 30 years, uh, Brian's House has served children with medical or developmental uh, needs and their families by providing specialized uh, childcare, uh, respite care, and social services. With that, um, uh, uh, Abigail, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us today. Um, Hi, Nish. Thanks. I am so pleased to be able to be on your show. What an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Abigail, just let's start with this. I know you have just amazing uh, a story and journey uh, of uh, doing some amazing work for hundreds and thousands of families in the region which you are serving. Um, tell us uh, something about your journey and how you are creating really more inclusive uh, future for children uh, with disabilities and autism. Well, thanks. Um, yes, Brian's House has been around for about 33 years. And we were first started to work with, uh, we worked with children who were coming out of hospital into care um, for CPS um, that were passing away from HIV and AIDS. Their mothers were in the hospital and there was nowhere to put the children because there was such a stigma back then. But we transitioned beautifully um, about 10 years ago and I came on board six years ago um, to Brian's house to really, um, I noticed there was a really big gap in service for children um, with special needs, physical, social, emotional, all those challenges. And so I really started to advocate and work with my board and our teams to try and find pathways to inclusion for these children um, so that when they are um, served in our agency, um, they have this early intervention that is so robust that by the time they enter into employment at the other end or through that journey, they really are able to um, earn a livable wage and support a family and also help the community. So it's been such a great journey. And, you know, we've got a very unique program in North Texas. Um, we are really fortunate to be able to have an on-site uh, child development um, um, center and in the model of that we have uh, classrooms that are very inclusive and that means we kind of have a small country hospital inside a classroom where the children are learning and they share joy but they're also receiving their medical care so they're getting their breathing treatments or their feeding tubes they you know and this is from the age of one to five and so um, along with our case management, which overarches everything that we do at Brian's House, we're working holistically with the whole family to make sure they rise out of poverty. And that's one thing we um, I haven't mentioned yet is most of our families we serve, um, the combined make less than you know $25,000 a year. So they are 
really struggling um, just with the expense of having a child, one or two or more children with special um, special disabilities or uh, needs. And so we are really fortunate to be able to provide that. Uh, it's incredibly rewarding. Yeah, no, that's, that's a true reflection of how Brian's house has evolved, as you rightly said, that based on the needs in the community, uh, uh, organization has evolved to offer other services in other areas. Um, and uh, early intervention, I'm also uh, a big uh, um, a believer of early intervention and early, early diagnosis. Uh, I have also done some work in that area and we all know that the early diagnosis and early interventions are so important for the, uh, for the individuals to be independent when it comes to the employment. So thank you for sharing your, your amazing journey. Um, so uh, tell us, I know you are personally connected. What is your connection to, to disability and why you think it is so important uh, for, for your organization? Well, I think um, my daughter has hearing loss and, um, you know, she, we didn't find out until later on in her life. Um, we did all the testing from infancy, but really it came on very quickly in her early teens. And so um, I thought, gosh, how is she going to be able to, you know, do the things she needs to do? She has hearing aids. I also have two other members in my family. One um, is a de designated person with, um, or a little person, uh, as well as a, um, a, a nephew um, with Downs. And so they in Australia were doing really good, great programs. So I thought, why aren't they doing the programs like that here? Surely America is so progressive. You know, what What are the pathways for a, a mother if she doesn't, you know, have all the resources, let alone is, you know, trying to figure out if she's in transition. And what, what that means is, you know, Brian's House also serves women that are running from trauma if they live in an abusive home or they've been trafficked or whatever that is. And some of their children have been injured um, in the womb or from those those situations personally, so they have special needs. Uh, the children when they're born, and these women are brave enough. So we want to provide um, these unhoused, and I like to say unhoused instead of homeless, because homeless that word to me has a lot of negative connotations. But a woman who is unhoused that has a child, you know, with special needs, can create a home in her arms for that child as long as they feel safe. But a lot of these families didn't have that access or even know about us. And so um, that was one of the things that really was a driver for me because I, when I first started out in this, you know, working with early childhood um, leaders here in the city, they were doing great stuff um, for the zero to three space and that early intervention. But it really wasn't until um, you know, I came along and said, well, what about kiddos with, with special health needs? What, what can we do there? What can we do better? Um, that, you know, it's, things started to blossom. We had so many great partnerships and, um, you know, we offer therapies on site at Brian's house. Um, so the children, when they're in their classroom, they, they receive the therapy they need every single day. And you can imagine the change that, that happens when you receive that early intervention and how that changes the, child, the child's trajectory really for life. And so how are we able to continue through in the communities that we serve up to the age of 21? So we have hundreds of families right now that are out in all different, from all different walks of lives, all inclusive, all diverse populations, refugees, um, you know, we have families that are struggling just to, you know, through COVID survive and we've been able to help them. Uh, and so it's been really rewarding for me personally to be able to provide that intervention and also create plans for the family. So when the child 
does age out of an um, of an independent school district with they have all the tools they need to find a job or make sure they become more independent but we hopefully in the beginning of their lives have enabled them to be more um, mobile can speak or eat or talk and do the things that the doctors told them they couldn't yeah no that now that makes sense um with your um australian accent now that makes sense uh, about your background and and uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> um and yes i mean uh, organization so one of the thing which i have learned from you earlier in our, our earlier conversation that the work um brian's house is providing and providing that support to families tell us a little bit about that how um this support is provided to the families and how it is really impacting um, hundreds and thousands of families in your region? Well, yes, we serve um, with duplicated services about 2,400 um, uh, family members and, and ch children annually. We've probably impacted about 21,000 lives um, just, but it's not just once, you know, we, when the, the family comes to us, we look at the whole family, you know, it could be a family of two, four, five, six. We say, what, what do you need? What are you, where are you struggling? Um, and so we, we try to provide, you know, homeless prevention is a big deal. So we get a lot of, we get 10 hospital networks that refer to us in the city. They refer um, the children, you know, ages from infant right up to 21. And so we, we kind of meet the family where they are and say, what do you need? Um, we may be, we you know, provide um, temporary housing, then get them into homes that where they can create a home for their children. If they need a medical bed, if they need, um, you know, access to a job or training or ed and further education or financial plan, we do a financial plan with the, with the family. That is in the first two weeks in our crisis intervention. Where are you financially? How can we get you out of debt? And create a 38-day plan for them to try and build back credit or, you know, if someone's stolen their identity or they need a driver's license because they don't have a resident, you know, or we advocate for them for a, a, um, a healthcare home or legal issues or whatever it is, we provide that case management. And from there we determine, does the child need to come into our child development centre? Do they need family supportive services? Have they got food in the fridge? You know, what do they need? And so we stay with the families for longer. And sure, we can serve more families and the data would come in. Oh, great, numbers, numbers. No, we really want to stay with the families longer. So some of our families have been with us up to two and three years. But what we're doing is creating a solid foundation for that family that they become taxpayers. You're saving money in the community by not having those folks on um, you know, different social service programs paid for by the taxpayer. So it makes sense financially as well, not just for the individual, not just for the family, but also for the community. Um, because we all, when we all rise together, when we all are authentic and have those connections and can be, um, you know, have, have that just in everyday life. My goal is that we just include people that we don't have to keep talking about it in the next 10 years. It just happens, you know, that we provide those accessible pathways where you've got a, a park where someone can play mum works in the coffee shop she's getting health care the kids looked after at child at the child development center and they're getting that inclusive experience but we also teach inclusion to our children with special needs so they know that they are you know they're okay and so they understand that yes they may have some challenges but it's not a negative thing or a bad thing so we're teaching our children to 
respect inclusion as well. And I think everybody at home needs to start at a very early age and talk about what does that look like? What is inclusion? What is empathy? How can this impact my life? And then that translates beautifully when they're out working in the, when they've graduated from whatever program and they may not choose to go to college, they may choose to do something more entrepreneurial. That is a great thing. And that kind of leads me nicely into talking about our luncheon. Mm. Yeah, so I, I love it. What I heard is very a holistic approach where you are truly providing the support by building this and, and impacting this whole ecosystem, uh, including hospitals and all these other services. And the beautiful thing I which really like about is how you are helping individuals with disability also uh, about advocacy, self-advocacy is so important. Everybody's talking about that. And, and that has really impacted uh, with in terms of the awareness uh, in the society. So thank you for some of those great things. But I have a question that once you train these individuals, once you work with them, once you provide them the support, what is next in terms of how are you helping them find a meaningful job or prepare them for work? If you can talk about a little bit about employment related things which we do, uh, which I'm pretty sure you do it amazingly. Well, um, you know, we, we talk about autism. There's a lot of programs right now where we're trying to have in our inclusive classroom. And for example, one classroom, we have four children that are in all different levels on the spectrum. And I know that for parents that have children with autism, it's a real challenge to figure out you know, what the child's um, special um, challenges are individually and how they fit within a classroom. And so how are they going to be able to find employment if they're going to run out of the classroom, you know, at an early age? What does that look like in the future? And so children with Asperger's or children that are on the spectrum, there's now these unique programs that are coming out through amazing corporations like Ernst & Young, Bank of America, all the, you know, we have lots of Fortune 50 companies here in Dallas. And so partnering with these guys to say look you know we have children that we've put through our inclusive path early intervention and then we move into you know making sure that when they transition into an uh, independent school district they have all the tools they need um to be able to you know get where they need to be and especially if they're on the spectrum some of those folks are really really intelligent everybody's intelligent but you know they have a really high iq and, and it seems to adapt beautifully to um, neuroscience or something to do with computers because they're so focused and so Ernst mm -hmm. & Young has a fabulous program and here in Shukla, who's going to be talking at our luncheon, which we can get to in a minute, um, here in Shukla and eight other panellists we have on our luncheon, they all, Microsoft is another great company that's working with us, AT&T. These guys really practice what they preach. So they're opening up special um, employment facilities where they have a team of folks that um, are a little bit on the spectrum or they have, you know, physical challenges or, you know, hearing loss or vision loss, whatever it is. Um, they are really working to provide um, opportunities for them at their companies. And I think it has to start there, making sure they know what opportunities are out there. You know, so that's why I love your company. You're really connecting the employer to the employee um, you know, through that empathetic and authentic connection niche. I think it's fantastic what you're doing and matching those folks using a platform that's really, you know, it's so accessible. Um, and making sure that those companies, and it could be a small company, it doesn't have to be, you know, a corporation. And so we explore what a what a family member can do. So when they're aging out at 21, we kind of come up with a plan, and that may look like, you know, a family member can live in 
independently and still go to work with Down syndrome. They could work at a grocery store like Tom Thumb or work at, you know, um, Trader Joe's or whatever it is. Um, you know, we need to embrace that and have that opportunity, that platform for companies to really uh, engage and talk to folks like you and me about what that looks like. What can that employment be? Bank of America uh, in Dallas has a whole floor of folks um, about 20 people that help with mail, the mailings of all the packets and whatever that is. And they take great pride, uh, the people that work there in the work they're doing because they are valued. Mm -hmm. They are valued. Um, yeah. Happy Homemade is an ice cream um, nonprofit that, um, you know, they, they, they have a wonderful, um, where all the folks there have downs or have challenges. Um, they are working and they're making a great living and they're, you know, they're advocating for folks. And so all the money from, you know, Howdy Homemade, that nonprofit, um, also, are, you know, really going back into the community. And, you know, when we're all included, we all rise together. And so that's just yeah. some of the things, in my opinion, I think would be helpful. And I just recently um, was asked by the North Texas Disability Chamber to form a very special committee that's that I'm bringing together a group of people um, that are, um, you know, really ex experts in the um the um, area of early childhood uh, disabilities as well as early childhood mental health and early childhood um, um, poverty alleviation and we mm -hmm. are going to be reporting a committee the first of its kind the early um, childhood committee on disabilities within the chamber and that goes to our governor you know the information we're providing we can share events and data and really start to have those bigger conversations and so I'm really proud to be the chair of that and also an advisory board member for the North Texas Disabilities Chamber so you know bringing in um, great people from all over the state and hopefully the nation just having those conversations you know I think that's so important and I think you know working you know diversity and inclusion is such a hot marketing expression now i really want companies to you know don't just use that as a marketing tool really embrace it in your hr departments you know do you have you know four or five jobs that you can offer a person that has challenges you know are you employing that group of people i think having that that be a, a part of a core value um, in a company, not just checking off the box. I think that's really how we all, you know, can do much better and have that empathy and understanding. And actually, so one of the things, yeah, sorry. If you if you work with people with uh, with challenges, I guarantee you, you're going to feel good every single day because they bring such joy to your life. You know, just all the things that overcome. It's just very personally rewarding. That's my personal experience, and I have I've been experiencing that truly for last 15 years, every single day. And uh, one of the things which you mentioned um, about collaborations, right? What you are truly, what you are doing is collaborating and bringing in all different stakeholders, including um, uh, leaders from the the, the state government, and uh, you are having that conversation in a collaborative way. And one of the other thing which you mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion is, is a hot topic. In fact, I was just uh, attending one of the session at Disability in Conference and somebody shared these statistics that, you know, out of 100 companies talking about disability inclusion, only four companies are working, uh, sorry, diversity inclusion. Only four companies are 
are really doing disability inclusion related programs in a serious way. So that's how the statistics shows that disability inclusion has been kind of not uh, given enough attention. But uh, what we have experienced at Rungam and Sourceable is now things are changing. Companies are paying attention because I mentioned this to you earlier that I truly have seen and experienced that every one of us are connected to someone with disability. And uh, so we all have good intentions, almost all. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just a matter of how we all collaborate uh, together. But talking about the collaboration, tell us a little bit about your luncheon event, because I'm pretty sure viewers would be interested in learning more and participating and contributing to your event. Absolutely. I'm so excited about our luncheon. Um, it's on September 22nd at the Belo Mansion. And we put this luncheon off for almost two years because of COVID. And so it's going to be an in-person luncheon for about 450 to 500 folks. And we have a panel of eight, um, eight people from around the country, including Tracy Pecan from Microsoft. We have Kelly Burton. She works through AT&T. Um, Laura Ramirez, uh, who's amazing. She used to work for... Uh, a great company but she's been a TEDx speaker um, she works for Invitation Homes Jerry Mecca from um, Mensa uh, who's just he's one of these guys that creates great LGBTQIA um, strategies for corporations um, Jerry Mecca who works for you know a great company as well and um, you know here and I mentioned before these folks are all coming together to talk about what kind of what we're talking about and what they're actually doing in their companies to make this um, accessible pathways and to be more inclusive. But at the same time, this luncheon is a fundraiser for Brian's house um, and tickets and sponsorships are available by going to www.brianshouse.org um, and you can you know come along and we encourage everybody to wear metallics because it's in technology. We're also talking about AI in the classroom. Um, Richard Margolin, who started a great company um, called Robo, um, they have amazing autistic um, 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 Milo and Mila in the classroom and they, the children really relate to these um, robots, these AI robots that are in the classroom um, and they really can just relate to how they're feeling and they just somehow, it's just an incredible program. So I encourage everybody to come along or sponsor, or, you know, just to participate. We hope we can stream a little bit of this. We may have that opportunity for folks to do that. Um, at the same time, we're also um, giving away our Wisdom Hope Awards to some incredible individuals and corporations who really live and breathe inclusion. Valiant Residential is one of those companies. Lynn Fisher from the Rosewood Foundation she really lives and breathes inclusion and is a great nonprofit leader. Um, we have the Ursuline School here in Dallas um, who just do their kiddos come out, um, their ladies come out and volunteer in our classrooms. I mean, we just have incredible number of folks. Um, so if you want to read more about it, we hope that people come along and it's going to be a great time because we can all get together and, um, you know, really just have a good luncheon and, and raise money to continue our programs and bring back our infant and toddler classrooms after you know COVID-19. We've got infants that are we've got a waiting list so long. Um, you know, again, that's that early intervention. So the luncheon is coming up. So hopefully, you guys can you know embrace it and and really the panel itself, which has a we're having a, a facilitator, Jason uh, from WFAA here in Dallas. Um, he's going to be facilitating the uh, the conversation. And I think it's you know, around what we're talking about, that authentic connection, providing those pathways to folks. And it's really kind of simple. I mean, if you 
early the early intervention gives the family what they need. They're able to transition into an early um, into great school districts where they embrace all of that and encourage. But also, we still case manage those families. So when they are transitioning out at 21, and sometimes our children do pass from their diagnosis niche. You know, we know that. You know, some of our kiddos, yeah. especially with very rare diseases, because we serve um, about 146 different diagnoses at Brian's house and on our. Um, and our, our annual report has all the list of the diagnoses, including eight very rare diseases in the world. We're working with those children and figuring out what they need. And, you know, sometimes they do pass and that's, you know, but they've had a joyful life with us. And that is so rewarding, too. So, you know, we'll, we'll have all the feels at the luncheon. So I hope you guys, whoever's listening out there, really hope that you, you know, think about, you know, participating or coming along and just learning absolutely. about this stuff if you're new to this conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would love to continue the conversation and understand how we can participate, contribute. Uh, we will reach out to you. Uh, but I, I really love the way how you are really connecting people and uh, uh, through your leadership, uh, Brian's house is doing some amazing oh, work, yes. in, impacting so many people. And uh, I can I can see I can hear that passion in your voice. Um, now, one one thing you mentioned, and we, when we talk about, as you know, uh, about empathy, you mentioned a few times. Tell us why empathy is so important uh, with the work we do uh, every day in this uh, in the area of uh, disability inclusion and. Uh, working with people with disabilities sure you know i think having emotional intelligence around people um is really important i think if you've never done a course about emotional intelligence it's something some people just have it it's not some things you can learn about it i was lucky enough to participate in a um, sponsored um uh, i did an education program at yale university um, with professor emma sapala and i did a you know, a 10 week course about uh, emotional intelligence. And I found out that I was doing okay, but it was just great to, you know, connect and having that empathy, I think is so important because you can, you know, it, it makes you graceful in the fact that, you know, you, you're so blessed if you are, you know, you know, don't have any, you know, everybody has challenges. I'm not saying that, but if it's physical or if it's, you know, that emotional stress or the trauma that you know, some children have been, you know, uh, witness to some horrific you know, things in their lives that they've seen and that impacts them mentally and physically, as well as moms and the dads too. We have a lot of single dads that we serve, you know, you know, it's, it's a challenge, you know, we've worked, um, we've worked around that. So I think, you know, just putting yourself in someone else's shoes for a while and really speaking about that, uh, you know, and engaging more about that as an HR professional or as someone who's hiring, putting yourself in that person's shoes and really, just taking a breath and kind of saying, okay, I'm really focusing on what you're saying and listening to that and having that empathy, I think that'll make you a better person. I also think it'll improve the community. And, you know, we're all rushing around so much these days that just slowing down a little bit, I think, you know, and, and working with families or really learning more about what it is to be empathetic, you will have such a great life. You will just be embraced and you will embrace others and it really enriches your life i get emotional about it because um you know i just see see so many people struggling right now and you know, mental yeah. health is a big thing it's okay to say you're not doing okay um i just really feel that 
you know, if you really like it's Friday right now, what are you doing today? You're running around trying to get everything done before the weekend. You know, just take a minute just to think about, you know, how lucky you are that you're alive. You know, we lost so many folks from COVID and just having that empathy for people who are struggling. And so, you know, people say don't give to panhandlers. You know, I always give a dollar if I can because you just don't know their backstory. They could be veterans. They could be, you know, this may be living with trauma. You just don't know. So don't don't be a judgy wudgy. Um, you know, have that empathy. So right, so true, and and that's that's just uh, um, you know, as 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 we in 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 our world, I I call this how do we how do we innovate through empathy right so taking the empathetic approach and in the in the area of what we do and and also uh, brian's house work is also it's a lot of creative way of helping someone and you mentioned that when you see that joy uh, on on the person uh, with disability whom we are working with it's it's a great reward and uh, I have personally experienced that and that's how I got connected and, and that empathetic approach when we are working with these individuals, it's just amazing, amazing. Um, it's not only just right thing to do, but it's a good thing for ourselves also. And as you rightly said, for the organization also, it's a great thing. Um, before we have a few minutes left, so before we conclude, uh, I would like to ask you if you can share an inspiring story maybe connected to empathy or something which i'm pretty sure you will have tons and tons i've of got so many stories oh <laughs> my gosh i'll give you an example i'll give you an example of penny penny okay. came to brian's house when she was two years old and she could not move um from anywhere from that head from that neck down and she had very limited use in her torso but she couldn't move her arms or her legs that were shortened uh, and so we had her in the classroom and she was like an ingenue, this young lady. She was so bright and she'd never had the chance to be in a, an inclusive room with other mm. children. And, um, you know, she wasn't really mobile. And so she figured it out with, we figured it out with her how she could do the activities and things like that. She used a mouth to play with the dolls and we would include her in all these different things. And she was just so bright. And so one day we're able to find her this wheelchair that, she could use there's like a bar around her head and she could push her head and she could go forward or back or left or right and so we brought that um chair to her and we started training her with the therapist in the hallway because it has this long um way to go so she could you know drive it this way and that and we thought oh we'll just gingerly put her in there and so we did and you know after about literally about 40 40 seconds of instruction on how to use the head thing she figured it out and she whipped around and she was gone down the hallway in her own chair that oh, you know, wow. she found personal independence in her physical life for the very first time. She said, I want to go this way. I'm going to go that way. So off she went. And we were running down the hallway. Wait, Penny, wait. It was so beautiful. Her mother cried. I cried. Everybody was crying. And from there, she just blossomed because her brain synapses were firing and she was able to do what she needed to do. And so now she's in a typically developing uh, classroom in another school and, and she's doing great. Amazing, amazing story of independence and how independence is really impacting their mental health also. Just imagine how amazing experience she must be going through when she figured out. And wow, wow. 
So nice, so nice. I really uh, enjoyed this conversation. Um, Abigail, this is, I, I wish I could have continued, uh, but keeping the time constraint in mind, I would like to say thank you again. Thank you for your time here. Thank you for doing some amazing uh, empathy-driven, innovative work at Brian's house and impacting hundreds and thousands of families. Uh, we will continue this conversation. And again, thank you. Thank, Thank you, Nicole. And if anybody wants me to chat with them, I would love to be able to chat and you know sh tell more people about it. Thank you so much, and check in with me, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We will continue this conversation next week, same time, same place, on empathy, innovation, and uh, employment. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.